Welcome to the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast, stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and each week we explore stories with young people in our communities. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself and enjoy this week's episode. This week, Michaela speaks with Rohit Dole, an autistic content creator who creates content speaking and sharing their experiences of what it's like being autistic. He also creates content on his big interests, which is Sonic the Hedgehog and music. He writes film and TV reviews as well. Rohit is also an advocate for mental health and speaks passionately about mental health, specifically in the Asian community and other marginalized communities about what needs to change. His dream ultimately is to work in film and television, either as a scriptwriter or as a development researcher, as he wants to inspire and make people happy through creativity and brilliant storytelling. In this episode, we reflect on poetry, music, and making time for ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. I braved the waves when I felt the pain and sadness inside my body. And then I realized my story bridged the gap when the pain and intense emotion I was facing was too overwhelming for me to face. So now I share my resilience because I want others to know that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to share grief and pain. I'm unsinkable because of all the pain, grief and sadness I've overcome, all adversity by riding the waves and looking for the light. And I resolve stigma through advocacy, vulnerability and authenticity. Welcome to the Braving the Waves podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to be able to talk about your story and poetry. You wrote such an amazing poem for Unsinkable and yeah, just really excited to chat with you. So thanks for being here. No, thank you for inviting me here and having the time to talk with you about cool stuff, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, stories are cool. We're going to make it a thing. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I like to start kind of the same way with each of our guests, which is kind of talking about um, if you could put your story into six words, which is really challenging. But if you could put it into six words, what would those six words be? Um, And would love to hear why, too, why you would choose those words. If I wanted to put my story into six words, what would it be? So I think, gosh, this is tricky. Um, I think comfort, because I want my poem to be comfortable to other people or provide comfort so that they don't feel like they're not alone. Um, Resilience, because like this, the poem um, that I did, which was called No Limits, um, which is on Unsinkable's site, by the way, so go check that out. Um, but basically, it's all about coming back after hit back after hit back, getting rejected so many times, um, being down so many times, and then bringing yourself back up. Um, so comfort, resilience. Um, it's all about loving yourself as well. So love. It's all about growth as well. I think that's another one. Um, two more. I'd probably just say 
learning as well. Like you learn in this poem, I learned a lot about myself um, as I was writing this. I was like growing with my younger self and then my older self, now me, <laughs> basically kind of came together and came up with that poem. And I just felt like I was growing with my own writing and growing, you know, with my own poetry as well. And one more word, I'd probably, this is kind of a deep one, I'd probably say sadness because I know that I was growing from writing this poem. I was learning a lot about myself and it's all about growth. And it's all about me being comfort, being in comfort of my own voice and being comfortable with what I want to write. But I'd probably say sadness because like a lot of that stuff that I put into that was like a lot of deep stuff. It was a lot of personal stuff that is quite personal to me. And I know that to a lot of people out there in the world, it can be a lot, it can be personal to other people as well. So that's why I think I look back on it with happy vibes, but not so happy vibes, but sad vibes, but kind of with a sense of relief that that part of my story is now gone and now I can look forward and just grow from that and just look forward to fantastic and wonderful new things yeah oh I love those words so much and I think you've touched on something really important which is that all of that just coexists at the same time like every word that like and through time as well too right you carry you can carry sadness and and love and learning like all the way through on that time continuum um as you're growing like you said and i think that's really really cool and i'm i'm curious if you think your younger self would have written your poem any differently to be honest i think you know i think my younger self would just have been like I think my young self would just be staring at like a blank piece of paper and would just be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm so stuck. And my younger self would actually leave the paper on, on like the table or something and actually get up and basically go for a walk or something and then come back and be like, I've been for a walk. Um, I've been out. I've tried to distract myself. I've tried to get into my own zone. And then they would have been like, but I still don't know what to write because like my younger self was always so stuck. Uh, I was always like, so like in between like boundaries and in between rocks, I was just, I never knew what to say or how to say it. So it would have been like, how do I get these words under this blank sheet of paper and they put my feelings or whatever I'm thinking in my brain onto that paper and express myself that way because it just it just would have been difficult but I think my younger self would get there but it would have taken ages ages because my younger self was so like I wouldn't say doubtful but I think my younger self was too like too much of a perfectionist. My younger self was more like focusing on like the really small details and be like, okay, this word has to run with this word, um, but that's not what I felt at that time. Or 
that's not what happened in my life. Like, there would be so many, like, subplots in my head that I would be thinking about. And, like, my younger self would just be so overwhelmed by it. And they'll be like, forget it. I'm not doing this. And I give up. Um, so I'm glad that my older self doesn't do that and does something completely different to that. And I think that's kind of the difference between, like, your younger self. I think of your younger self as someone that's very, like, very, I wouldn't say immature, but very naive. And then you grow from that younger self to build your ultimate form, if that makes sense. Not like ultimate form as in like, yeah, I'm a superhero, yeah, I'm a superhero, yeah. Um, I think more like you're learning more about yourself, you're growing, and I think you carry those feelings or emotions or whatever you want to write, and you kind of think about it more, I wouldn't say more deeply, but you're more conscious about what you think you're going to write on that piece of paper or about your feelings or about how you how you carry yourself I guess so yeah I'm, I'm waffling now but um yeah <laughs> no it's it's a really interesting concept like thinking about you know how you thought of things and reflected on things at different points in your life and how you will in the future and I think especially with um and I've talked about this a lot with some of our other guests like that moment where you actually get to the point of generating language for the things that you felt and experienced and how that changes in youth into your adulthood and um, like actually going through that creative process, whether it's just writing like an article kind of version of your story or writing a poem or creating music or like any of those things, there's that, that really interesting like moment of, language like the inception of language um that you have for an experience and i'm curious like what your process has looked like and if you have kind of a an artist's statement if you will about how you've come to that moment of generating words for what you felt and experienced and how that's maybe changed over time i think like i think with like the way that I use my craft and my artistry is like, so, so say when I was writing that poem, I was thinking of words to rhyme with, you know, certain vocabulary. Sorry, guys, that's my washing machine in the background, in case you can hear. So, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but basically, basically, um, so basically, I would think about um, words that kind of resonate with me. So words like um, rejection, sadness, happiness, joy, ecstasy, um, dejection, um, melancholy, um, all those sorts of words kind of resonate with me. And then I'd work with that to perform my artistry by putting those words on a piece of paper or words in my head, but even putting those words on like a notepad. So I have a notepad on my phone and I write all of those uh, words down. But with those words, I write thoughts. So like what I'm feeling at that exact moment, what is making me sad? What is making me dejected? What is making me happy? Why am I feeling that way? And what I can do to stop feeling that way, if that makes sense, even though it's quite difficult to stop feeling that way because it doesn't just happen like a switch. You have to like, I think... For me, I have to think about what I can do to 
maybe stop making maybe stop making me feel sad or dejected or unhappy and I think that's where my artistry comes from but I think over time when I was younger I did that but when I've been getting older now I've been learning to construct that into sentences and paragraphs and basically working with a tune so like I would rhyme words together just to make sure that it would make sense or I would look back at my what I've written and I'd be like okay that doesn't make sense let's say something like um let's say for no limits I was just like I'm stuck in a dark igloo with no big glue. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. But you get what I mean, right? Um, <laughs> just saying that, that, that didn't make any sense. But yeah, that's that's what my artistry has been. And even throughout my music, like, you probably can't see it, but I have a piano here. And even that, just kind of learning what keys are on that piano. And it's like a jigsaw puzzle, right? So like you're working through the jigsaw puzzle and you have to figure out what piece suits best and what piece fits that piece to make the whole project or the whole jigsaw puzzle. That's what it's like for me with poetry, with artistry, with music, with everything that I do. It's like a jigsaw puzzle and it's about finding the right pieces to fit the right places to make something beautiful and something awesome and something inspiring and something that I hope people will like. Well, hope people will like, but I hope that it kind of re- resembles what I'm speaking about in my life or whatever I'm thinking about in this lower head of mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I think yeah, it's just, it's so amazing how we can create things that evoke feeling in other people or like to be able to reflect, you know, what we felt and reflected in a way with words or music, like you're saying, that make other people feel similarly um, to how we have. And in a way that the tells a story, I think that's really amazing. I mean, like, who knew that like, just playing a few keys on a piano, a few strums of a ukulele, like a few taps of like a xylophone could be so therapeutic in a way, in a way that it makes you feel relaxed, in a way that it makes you feel like you're not on Earth anymore, but you're somewhere else on like Mars or like Venus. And I think for me, that that artistry, I think, is the best in the world and I think nothing would ever change that even like putting words that you feel on a paper you're just like wow that is so powerful how did I think of that and you feel so proud of yourself I don't know it gives me a serenitin rush and it's it's quite nice (laughs) love it and (laughs) I think it's just so true and important to remember for everybody too because I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I can't write. I'm not a writer. I'm not a poet. I'm not an author. I'm not, you know, any of those things. And I think all of us can be, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to come out in this, you know, perfectly formatted thing. Like you can, you can write and create music and be creative and find words for your experience and your story. Um, 
any way that feels good and that helps you. Um, yeah. It can, this, like, you can think of anything anywhere. Cause like I was speaking to someone or actually, no, I was actually on a train journey and I saw, so I saw this, um, person who was doing magic tricks and then something just came into my head about magic. Uh, it was about, what was it about? I, I can't quite remember what it was about. I think it was about me spinning my life. My life was spinning upside down and like magic, um, there was this big sphere that I used to have. I don't have it anymore. Um, we got lost in the garage somewhere, but um, there was this sphere that I used to shake and like a world like would change. So it turned to snow or then I would shake it again. I would turn to like autumn or summer. And I know that that sphere globe figure thing, it just reminded you, or not reminded you, but reminded me of like happier times and just general positive, really feel good thoughts. And you're just like, even like small items or going on train journeys or even things that jog back a memory, it's enough just to put it on a piece of paper because like, that is a good base to start from. You don't want to, I think if I had any advice to people who were thinking of going to poetry or artistry of any sort, I wouldn't say, I would say not to fabricate your words, but just base it on very true raw like real authentic experiences because i think i think they're the best that they're, they're the best mm -hmm. yeah those are our stories they really yeah, are exactly. like, you know and i that's what i love about poetry too like each line there's like movement in each line and it's like a little, little mini story kind of coming out all the way through in each one so like a sequence yeah for sure. And I'm wondering if there has been any either song lyrics or music or poems um, or any art really that has like really inspired you um, to go down this yeah journey. I have loads. I have so many. Um, so there was one um, from Truce, which is by 21 Pilots. And then it says... Um, the sun will rise down, but we will try again. So basically, I think it was something like that. Um, basically, it means when the sun goes down and you have, you've you tried enough for that day and it's not enough, don't worry. We will try again the next day and then the next day and then the next day and the next day and vice versa until you succeed or get somewhere, you know, to show a path to success and joy and ecstasy and everything else that's yay vibe and I think that resonated to me a lot because like I never used to take rejection very well um until I until I heard those lyrics I was just like okay I know that this is a process I know that this is not something that's gonna happen overnight or in like the next few hours or in the next few weeks it could take a long time for me to get to where I want to go but as long as I'm working hard towards it or I'm doing something that is making me, I wouldn't say feel good about myself, but I'd say it's making me progress in a way that I feel like I am getting somewhere. And I think another song lyric that is very, very close to me is Selena Gomez, who's one of my favourite artists, one of my favourite 
um, idols actually. Um, basically, I had a song called Lose You to Love Me, and the last of those lyrics was, now it's goodbye, and now it's goodbye for us. It was something like that anyways. My, my memory's just like going, whoa, what was it? But um, basically, it's, it's <laughs> you know when you just like remember things and you're just like, wait, is it that? Is my mind playing tricks with me? Basically, it's like, that kind of reminds me that, okay, there are good people, there's good good memories, there's bad memories, there's good people, there's bad people. And then I was just like, okay, cut off all the bad people, cut off all the bad memories, erase it from my head, and basically be like, move on to a new chapter. Because, like, I always think, like, your life... This is a bit, this is going a bit, like, into the deepest of feels now. But I feel like your life is like a story. It's like each chapter has a meaning. So, like, you, you're born. So, like, your first chapter is you're born. Maybe your second chapter, you go to nursery. Your third chapter, you go to the primary school. Uh, fourth chapter, you complete SATs or your examinations for, like, your first school. And then you go to, like, high school or... Um, secondary um, and basically that is like your fifth chapter and then after you finish that you can go to college and then that's like your sixth chapter and then you go to university and that could be a seventh chapter and then you maybe get a job or maybe go on to do other things and then it just goes on and on and on and on and then you have like this whole storyline and I think that's the beautiful thing about it yeah i don't know what i'm saying but um yeah I, I just think that's what that song is that song makes me think that my life is all about chapters celebrating the good but also celebrating the bad i love no, it amazing and i mean songs really to me at least are just poems with you know some music in the in the background or a beat you know like they're they're very intertwined Yep, very, very intertwined and beautiful the way that music, I think in particular too, can can reach us and like the way that it evokes like a memory or a very specific time in our lives or a specific place that we've been to. Um, and then the words that are kind of built into songs are just, you mm. know, all the more powerful as like this little tidbit. Um, that we can yeah. carry with us. It feels, it feels like, like you're saying. It's not like, for me. For me, it's, it feels like I'm carrying baggage with me, but good baggage. Good baggage in a way that, like these songs. Mm -hmm. So these songs that you get, you, I don't know. You just feel something different about each track. Like each track to me. So, like, I was listening to this track today. Yeah. Um, it's by Kyogo and Kodaline. It's called Raging. Um, it's not about getting angry, um, if anyone was going to ask that, because it's actually a very, a very, really happy feeling. So, like, it starts off with, like, a really smooth uh, melodic guitar sound. And then I think I think it's Kodaline that's singing. And then he says, Raging, Raging. And then at the uh, after that, there's, like a chorus but then there's like christmas sounds so it, it feels like it's taking you to like a really good time in your life like 
Christmas wasn't a great time for me um, back in childhood, but recently it's been better. But it just reminds me, I don't know, it's just like the whole vibe of the track and certain sounds, they kind of drop back memories and they just, they bring things back to you. It's, it's, I don't know, I, I like it. It's cool. It's, it's nice. It's, what's the word for it? It's serotonic. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just really good. I like it. <laughs> it. I so agree. I think, yeah, it has a really unique way of like transporting you to different stories, the different stories of your life, whether they're painful ones mm. or happy ones or, you know, anything, but they can really like take you to those moments like very directly and that I think what's just yeah really really fascinating about music in particular and then you add on lyrics and poetry of course and then it's just exactly so much so so much deeper and I think even with all all like um with all the music as well that you hear and everywhere else like so I sorry um so I basically look at um when I'm listening to music and stuff I kind of think of storylines as well. So, like, I think of myself. So when I'm listening to something like Raiding or Lose You to Love Me or even ABBA, um, something like um, Lay Your Love on Me or what's that song? Uh, give Me, Give Me, Give Me. It's, you know, I've been listening to that song constantly. <laughs> give me, give me, give me a man. <laughs> um, yeah. But even listening to <laughs> wait what <laughs> even listening to those songs, they've just they just give you like it just takes you. I think of a story in my head. It's like I think with Abba, give me a man of instead of a, of a, of a man. It, for me, it's personally it's like give me, give me, give me a new video game after midnight, I'm standing here, where is it? <laughs> or it's like, give me, give me, give me a new holiday. I want to get out of here because I'm so bored. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know, it just reminds you of really random things. I like it. I love it. Oh, me too. Me too. It's It's a really, yeah, fascinating fascinating feeling like when you listen to a song and it just evokes that very specific story you mentioned celebration at some point and I think you're talking about like yeah music and how lyrics and poetry and all that can take you to that that place um and celebrating certain stories in your life or you know painful ones too and celebrating both of those things at the same time I think is really a really mm -hmm. interesting way to think about it celebrating all that has happened to you but I'm curious for the people in your life who are really supportive of you like your people how do you think they would celebrate you in sharing your story and how you've gone about writing your poem and sharing it with Unsinkable what do you think that um, they would say? To be honest, I think, so I think one of my closest supporters probably, I'd probably say 
probably some of my friends, some of my friends uh, support, you know, I have a lot of friends who work as like, well, I don't have, I have they all work in TV and film, but um, a lot of them would, how they would celebrate it would probably be like a birthday cake. <laughs> something like happy celebration day or something like that or um even going out somewhere that's that's how we would just be like celebrate because it's like a big milestone and like a big achievement like i think i think with family family is more like so with family it's a bit different with family i'm more i wouldn't say like haphazardish i'm more I'm more fractured, I would say, maybe, I'm more fractured with family. There's probably about, probably, maybe one, two people that I'm close to with family. I think the rest, I'm very, like, I'm very distant and very, like, I'm not as close with them, which is why I wouldn't celebrate as much um, with them. They're very, like, some of them are right. Some of them can be really boring. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> but um, uh, my cousin, though, I think my, probably my cousin would probably be um, my closest supporter. She reads a lot as well. Um, I know that. She has a lot, a lot of books. And I'm just like, you could be like on this world readers competition and I think you would win. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, my cousin, because like my cousin, we speak about <laughs> things like uh, really openly. We have like like a lot of open discussions and conversations. We talk about the things that we both like doing. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm more closer with her. And I think with family, family, I think I see fret more friends more as um, family as, as uh, right now. But um it's just because I, I guess for me, that's how I celebrate it with them because I feel like I celebrate, I like celebrating things with people that you're close to. So I'm going a bit off tangent now, a bit, a bit off track, but um, and being like opening up a bit. But um, I celebrate it with them, my friends, and obviously my cousin because you want to celebrate all, all the important moments with people that um, you care about and obviously you get the same back. I don't know, I just create, love creating great memories with them. Not to say that I don't like certain family members, it's just that I'm more closer with them, and I don't know, I just like celebrating, celebrating, can't I say my words properly, celebrating it that way, and just cherishing those memories, cherishing awesome, great times, and um, yeah, just vibing. <laughs> I think you touched on a really important point where when it comes to our mental health story and journey and how personal that is and deep that is, it's like, it's very important to know who you're sharing it with, right? Like you don't let everybody into that layer. Like, and sometimes it's not our family who are the first people in that layer. Sometimes it is our friends or, or other people in our lives and that's okay. But I think it's such an important message that you have to know who those people are. I think a really good point to touch on as well. And I don't know if anyone else could relate to this, but I can relate to this a lot in the way that a lot of people or people from family circles or people that you, you are your family, biologically, will say, we are your family, you can trust us. 
or you can trust us with anything and anything, which can be true, which can be true. But sometimes, or some sometimes, you know, that might not be the case because that said person or people may not feel as close to you as they are, for example, with their friends or, for example, with people that, damn it, for people that um, they know for quite a long time, like acquaintances. And I think it's important to know that your family um, can truly be anyone. It doesn't have to be your biological blood or it doesn't have to be, you know, from your roots or your background. Um, it can literally be anyone and anything. Um, even having a connection with, let's say, um, your uh pet dogs are like uh your pet um golden retriever or a kitten cat maybe um a snake even fish you know um i think it's important no matter who it is to develop that personal bond maybe not personal bond but someone that you can really share those memories with and speak to so um yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I like how you worded that too, like somebody to share your life with and your story with and your experiences with. And that's, yeah, that's so important. And it, you're right. Like it really, it doesn't have to be your family. Like I think that's our instinct is like, oh, I can trust my family. And that's not always the case. And, and also too, not everybody has, uh, supportive and safe family as well so no it's quite sad and that's why i think a lot of people do go you know to friends to people that they've met and they've developed close friendship for you know such a long time amazing well i only have one more question that i wanted to ask which is just if there is anything that you are super passionate about whether it's like a particular message or an area of research or like anything along those lines that you would like to share um regards to mental health i think the most important thing about mental health right now um is that i think the system uh, needs to change i don't think there's a lot of people that are getting the right amount of support i think that people are being failed i feel that people need to be treated as people because some people don't treat people as people. Um, Because, like, I see a lot, see um, in, like, especially in facilities where people are, you know, sectioned, taken away from their families and basically, like, not treated right. And that, you know, that makes me sad. But... um, I think also, I think this is really important to touch on this as well. I think the bias as well. So like the bias, the mental health isn't just exclusive just to one group or to one background or to one race or to one religion um, or to one thing, basically. It's, you know, it's exclusive to anyone or not anyone, everyone, sorry, not anyone, everyone, um, every human in the world. Um, and basically, like, I saw a stat, um, and this is kind of where I'm, I feel like where mental health needs to change. Um, 
I think it was like um, people of colour or people from different backgrounds and like marginalised backgrounds uh, are more likely to develop mental health symptoms, uh, twice more likely to develop things, uh, you know, illnesses or things like diabetes, things like even with acid reflux, people who are marginalised uh, twice as likely to experience symptoms for with my, the acid reflux, which is probably what I'm experiencing. And I feel like they're, they're twice more likely to um, risk, um, experience mental health symptoms. Um, and I feel like, you know, as a community, we need to recognise marginalised people, uh, people of colour, women, um, people who recognise as um, lesbian, trans, gay, queer, asexual, bisexual, and all of the others that exist in the LGBTQ plus IA category, old people, um, young people, everyone. And I, I think once we do that, and once we recognise um, that we shouldn't just subtract or just close off one side of mental health support to favour another group, and just basically just help everyone. I think that's how we can move forward because like, I feel like mental health is sometimes, I feel like it's just too one-sided. Um, I feel like sometimes it leaves a lot of voices out. You know, I've always said women, LGBTQ loves people, people who are disabled, uh, people who come from all sorts of different backgrounds because also not only that, the awareness for mental health is not as big. So, like, let's say I come from a background, I'm Asian, I come from a background where mental health is not, doesn't have enough awareness as what it should be. The, the awareness is very, like, mm-hmm. so if I did a graph to, like, worldwide mental awareness, like, up here, we're climbing, but we're about, maybe about just a quarter, maybe nearly halfway because there's still people who, like, for example, I'm going for, so I'm very proud of myself for doing this, but I've put myself self aware for an ED, an eating disorder. Um, and basically, um, there was, so I think it was my father told me, like, you just need to eat, you just need to eat, it's fine. When an ED is more like a mental illness, so you, it's like the psychology of not eating uh, and the psychology of, what you need to do. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning. Sorry, everyone in the chat. It's just about being aware of what NED is, but also trying to be supportive at the same time because sometimes that advice for what he said, it was in good faith, but it might not have been the advice I was looking for at that time. And it kind of wasn't the advice I was looking for at that time, which is why when I do talk to my friends and stuff, they're more open, not to say that he's not open, um, like certain people in my family are open, but I speak to people who like kind kind of get it. But um, back to my point of mental health, I just think we just need to, uh, yeah, help everyone and anyone who uh, needs it. Very well said, and I think, I mean, two just like really important mm-hmm. things you touched on were like, a nobody's immune, like nobody's immune to it. And two, there are so many instances where I think high, high functioning depression and anxiety are centered. And not that those aren't real 
real struggles, of course, that people navigate on a day-to-day basis. And they, like you said, need support too. But there's a lot of, a lot of voices who are left out of those conversations mm-hmm. and a lot of people who have been intentionally marginalized. And I would love to know if there's a message or any words you'd like to share. This podcast is technically geared towards youth, but if you have any words that you would like to share. um... Personally, my message would be, I'm not going to say something like it's okay not to be okay, because like I could say that, but that might not be the answer that people are looking for. So my answer is pretty simple. It's you may be in a really bad slump right now. And if you are, that's okay. That's totally valid. It's totally valid for you to feel whatever you're feeling right now. It's totally valid to feel what you might be going through, whether it's past trauma, whether it's um, a friendship breakdown, whether it's anything that you're struggling with right now, it's totally valid, totally valid. And I think I want to you go to everyone um, who's listening. I'm trying to try and say this not fast, not breaking down. Um, basically, take each day as it comes. Take each hour as it comes. Take each minute as it comes. What I mean by this is that I know you're going to be thinking, "Oh my God, what can I do for the next day? Am I going to get through the next week, next month, the next year?" And I know that is a lot because it's your brain thinking ahead. But I want you to take it step by step because what we can do is we can break the year thinking, thinking a month ahead, thinking a week ahead, and we can break it into tiny little micro steps. So think about, let's say, a second or let's say what am I going to do the next minute so let's say I'm having a bad day heck why not watch a tv why not watch I don't know stranger things or well Bridgerton for example or Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something on Disney or play a video game or Maybe see what my sibling's up to. It's not just like I'm saying this to, to, to you all just like randomly, but it takes your mind off of things and it helps. It helps. And I think my message is not to feel alone, not to feel very isolated or alone, but although you might like your alone time. So if you like your alone time, that's also okay. You know, you don't have to go around and spend it with people because sometimes people can just be stressful and they're just like, it's, it's too much baggage. So if you want to spend it alone, that's also fine. But I think my message is take each step at a time and try and not overwhelm yourself with all of this stuff. And I know I know that's like, oh, well, that's so hard to do. Right? How am I supposed to do that? Like, I know. I know, I, f- I feel you, I feel you, but 
if you just take those small steps, well, take away the big steps, microchip into small steps, it will make you it will make you feel like you're not even thinking about that situation. You're just thinking about, oh my God, what's happening now on the TV show? Like, who's who's doing what? What drama is being caused? And then like, before you know it, like even like, even if you're going on social media and like Twitter or Instagram, you could be like talking to your friend on what show you're watching and then you can be engaging with them. And also your mind switches from that moment, that bad moment to then that. And it it can just happen in an instant. And then you're just like, I forgot about that. And it, it, it makes you feel I wouldn't say I wouldn't say much happier, but I felt it, it'll make you feel content, I think, and more like I think less alone. Less alone is my message because I I I obviously want the best I want the best for everyone, but I just don't want to make sure I just don't want people feeling lost and alone. Yeah. No, it's, I, that just helped me to, like so much. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to take everything you just said and <laughs> just write it somewhere, somewhere I can see it every day. Cause it's so, so important. And it's, it's okay. Like you were saying to, need to just find something to pull your mind out of it like there's a time to problem solve and there's a time to you know talk to somebody yeah. or go to therapy or whatever it is and then there's a time maybe where you just need to like check out and watch something or listen to music or mm. do something that like will refill your cup a little bit and and that's totally okay when you when you brought up therapy i was just like okay I've got something to say. It's because, like, you know what I wish sometimes? I wish that sometimes um, therapy, any form of it, oh, I thought, I think my tongue was done anymore. <laughs> um, I think therapy, I wish it was, like, accessible to everyone in a sense that it could help a lot of people. Because therapy is, like, it may not be for everyone, but therapy, I think, is yeah. really valuable. I think for me, like, I went through therapy once. And I wasn't with the right therapist, so I had to move to another one. And they were just like, ooh, okay, they kind of understand. So I think it's about engaging with the right people. And I feel like mm -hmm. if it was more accessible, I feel like it would be a success. Um, mainly because of, like, especially now, of how much it costs. And, like... There's been this thought in my mind that I want to say as well, um, away from therapy. I don't know if it's you, I don't know if it's me, but ever since 2020, around COVID, I feel like... I think mental health, mental health has always existed before COVID and you know, people have always struggled. But I feel like now after COVID people are finally starting to realise what it is and what it's worth for. Because, like, before, people were going out and people, like, when I would go out, no one would barely speak about it. There would probably be, like, mutters about it, but barely anyone, anyone that I was speaking to, nothing. 
then 2020 COVID happened. And especially for people who are in school as well, like I was doing work experience at some point, I was like, when I was, I was about 18, 19. And I, probably, I think I'm about, um, I'm 25 now. But um, basically, I was looking at basically young people going through, you know, not doing their exams, not having to you know, see their friends anymore. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's going. Um, it had such a huge impact on them, emotionally, physically, mentally, in a way that after the lockdowns happened, I don't know what it was like um, in the US, but over here there was about three lockdowns. There was one in 2020, I think there was one in late 2020, there was one in the middle of 2021. <clears throat> and basically, um, I don't think anyone saw each other until like mid, late 2021 and 2022. But when people did see each other the first time, it was just like, what happened? What, I was like, there were people, it was like people were just like, no, not afraid to go outside. It was just like, they're sceptical because it was just like the first time of actually going outside. Especially if you're if you're like doing examinations and going through a lot of things, especially through puberty as well. Puberty is like it's a big, big, big thing for someone so young to be going through because you're going through it's not just the emotional and physical impact, you're going through so many hormonal changes that are happening to your body at the same time. And having that is really, really stressful. And I can only imagine in fact, in fact, in fact, actually, I'm actually if the people who have had that are still doing good now, I congratulate you. I credit you so much. I have so much admiration for you because go through that, all of that going on, that must have been overwhelming as heck. But um, yeah, I think after that time, people were just like, there's that. People eventually got to speak to each other, but I feel like. After speaking um, to each other and stuff, they were starting to, you know, see each other, see friends again. But I feel like, I know, it's still the same, but not much of the same as it was before. I don't know. It was just like, I think the effect of COVID and lockdowns ha has had a big effect on a lot of people. But specifically, because it had a big effect on me when I was like 18 or I think it was maybe, was it, was it 2020? No, when I was like almost 21, 22, it had a big effect on me then, because I was studying and doing a lot of things. And I think it had a big effect on a lot of other people, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely really, I'm 25 too, and so that was, that was a, <laughs> that was a, a tough period of time, especially to be transitioning in and out of college and for other youth like age group going in and out of like middle school to high school high school to college or college to first job and like all of all of that and I think it was almost like a necessity that mental health became a more important conversation because we were all so much struggling to cope and to find ways to speak about things and I think it just comes full circle with what we were talking about at the very beginning of our of our uh, conversation which is finding words for things and being in community with people. And, you know, it's just, it's so important. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to do, do that a little bit today. And, that, you know, we've both hopefully 
found that in our lives too since COVID. So a lot of people know about mental health now, but I don't know. It's it's just like I wish people knew about it before, um, before everything just happened. Maybe I'm glad for. I wouldn't say glad for COVID. Like COVID was terrible, um, but I think in a way it makes people more aware about mental health. But I still think people back in 2019 and maybe previous years, like it was there. Just feel like people. I don't know. I feel like people were a bit oblivious to it until then. I don't know. I, I, I that's what that's what I feel. Sometimes, so when I say certain things, sometimes I say it on like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not just based on logic. I just say it on gut. I sometimes I just go with gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally okay. <laughs> I definitely do too. I think that's what's. Uh... What's really amazing about conversations in general, but this conversation that you and I have had is we've just gone with the flow of your story and your experience and just kind of seen what comes up. And I think that's a really amazing way to be in stories and in community with other people. So thank you so much for everything that you shared today and how vulnerable you've been and just yeah i i so appreciate your time and your energy and 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 everything that you've given to us today being open i guess wait what <laughs> i'll be talking about <laughs> Robbie, what are you saying i'm talking about being open mental health and um just having someone to talk to really i guess <laughs> i guess i don't know i think i think that's the i think that's the best thing for me, it is anyways. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find much more information about this week's storyteller, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, leave a review, and follow us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks everyone.